This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. Back to you is up next, but first, take a listen to this other fine OPI show. I'm Kimmy. I'm Tommy. And I'm Sam. Oh, 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 and a bottle of scotch. It's another Jolly AF Christmas special with Anne Friends. That's right. We celebrate the Christmas time the way you celebrate the Christmas time yelling at each other. Like family. Join us this blessed Yule as we celebrate our Jolly AF non-denominational holiday Christmas special. Listen to Ant Friends on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. We're going to kick Frosty the Snowman in the nuts. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opi show on the Radio Misfits podcast network. This is Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville talking about God knows what. Talking about what, well, Steve? Well, because it all depends on how you feel and how you how you are uh, dealing with the day that you do it. And, you know, something struck uh, my mind today as I was conscious of. You know, this marks the part of the season, winter season, which has just begun, that's going to be, it's going to make it suck all the way to April. <laughs> you know why? Because it's 50 degrees outside right now. Feels great, but the winds are 50 miles an hour, so you can't really appreciate it. Then that's going to be followed by, hey, the sun's back out. Yeah, but it's 15 degrees. So you know and what then, all that means? And then Wait, wait, wait. And then it'll be followed by either flurries or winter storm warning every other day. And in between all of that will be a whole bunch of cloudy days and 30 degrees and that's why i you know i was in the weather business for 30 plus years and it kept me in business <laughs> but now, now 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 that i'm a citizen i understand why people pine to get away <laughs> and i and i have i that's probably part age and part just uh dealing with the circumstances of winter in the Midwest or any of the northern states, I understand totally now why people want to escape for long periods of time and then come back. Well, it kept you in business, and now you've already had your going-out-of-business sale. (laughs) (laughs) That sale, that was a two-for-one sale, too. That's gone. It's all over. It was. I picked up a couple items. We sold out immediately. (laughs) You did. You know, uh, but you were talking there. You were describing yourself the way you were going through all that uh, as a... Has, half a uh, glass half empty guy and you're really not because you know what if it's 50 degrees outside in the winter but the wind's blowing yes. 50 miles an hour I'll, I'll make that deal every day i'm happy for the 50 degrees because <laughs> it could be 50 yeah. below in 50 miles an hour <laughs> yeah i was taught that long ago i don't know maybe i told you this that i uh there used to be a guy named willard scott who yeah. was wildly popular as a weatherman uh, on NBC for years and years in the morning on the Today Show. And so I once did the weather with Willard when he was coming through town and doing weather uh, around the 4th of July celebration in Philadelphia. Big, di- big deal. And so Willard came in from the Today Show 
and we're standing outside uh, uh, near the Schuylkill River, and uh, uh, the dark storm clouds are rolling in our direction, rolling in our direction, and we're going on the air in about five minutes to talk about the big holiday weekend coming up. And he turned to me and he said, I'm not going to ruin people's uh, weekend. I'm not mentioning rain. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, what are you talking about? He said, I don't care. It it could start to pour. I'm going to be optimistic about this. And and so he crafted whatever his message was. And we were talking about the weather. And it's dark as night. And it's like five in the afternoon in the summer. And it looks like it's going to pour any second. And we talked about everything but rain. We made the rain come and sound like it was something special. And so you're right. Uh, you you can have an attitude where you you keep the optimism even in the gloom. Uh, so I I never forgot that. I went I once uh, went to speak to the Car Wash Association. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about that? No. No, there were a bunch of car wash owners and I operators. I didn't know there was a car wash association. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a Northern Illinois Car Wash Association. And um, you know, the number one thing they said to me, look, uh, you could say partly cloudy or mostly sunny, right? Yeah. Or you could say, or there's a choice you could make between mostly cloudy or partly sunny. Uh, always, uh, why, why don't you favor the, uh, why don't you not say clouds as much as possible? Because when people hear the word cloudy in your forecast, you don't even have to say it's going to rain. When they hear you say cloudy, they don't come in the next day. And I said, really? Yes, it makes a world of difference. Yeah, if, if cloudy is in any part of your message, they're going to hear that word and say, oh, I'll get my car washed later. So did you avoid the word cloudy when you were doing forecasts on TV? No, but I think I paid attention to it. And um, uh, it was probably in the back of my mind. And for about a week or two, I probably did avoid cloudy because I was thinking of them. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think uh, people um, like to be optimistic about it. You, you, when you threaten that the world is ending with your weather forecast, uh, people get turned off by that. Because when you do have something serious coming, um, you know, you've painted a gloomy picture so many other days. Why should this be any different? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's the, hey, that's the whole nature of local TV news. And we saw that. We saw that happen, you know, and it get worse and worse as the years went by. And as we got crazier management in there, it was all about (laughs) sensationalism. And, you know, as, as you told me the story one time. A news director ran out, I think, to Harry Volkman. Do you remember that? Yes. And he yelled, yeah. don't tell him it's going to uh, be all right. Yeah, uh, it was some kind of big major storm. Might have been a tornado threat. And then uh, Harry went on the air on one of the updates and said, well, uh, that's gone. Things are going to be all right. And sort of ended it that way. 
And the news director get what in the world are you telling them it's going to be all right? You know, as if we spoiled the whole half hour news coming up because we got to keep it exciting. You know? I remember the, <laughs> I remember the line. It was a it was a storm that I think had been building like on Wednesday. They could tell that it was going to be Friday that there was a front coming through. And I think you told me the guy said something like, "We've been telling them for days it's not going to be well, all sure. right." Sure. Well, you know, that's it. you got to make it fit the promo. Make the news fit the promo, not the promo fit the news. Yeah. And thus, there aren't as many people watching as used to. <laughs> because Well, that's a I mean, that's uh, you still see elements of that now with the pandemic. Uh, there's a lot of good news about it, but you're constantly and it's important information, but you're, on some of the cable news networks, they pound you with the uh, death totals and the how many today have been um, uh, afflicted with the virus because they've caught it somehow. So it's always uh, tinged with a little bit of fear as well. Sure. I mean, we want to be mindful of the fact, and, and we all are, of how many people have been affected by this disease and how many cases there are and how many people have lost their lives. But, I mean, we're talking about CNN. CNN attached themselves to it from the get-go, yeah. that they're the sure. coronavirus channel. And if you don't, you know, sometimes you want to get away from it, but if you do, don't turn on CNN. No. Now, look, I want to be a little bit more upbeat starting right now. Remember, there was some unfinished business from last podcast. I love things that you have to ponder about or make you go, hmm. hmm. Remember, remember Arsenio Hall used to have a segment on his show, things that make you go, hmm. Yes. And I mentioned him. That's a name from the past, but he is making news right now, and I'm very excited about it because he and Eddie Murphy have either completed or or about to complete Coming to America 2. Yeah. And that's going to be a movie. I will see that without any reviews of it. I don't care what the comments are leading up to it. That's And there are very few movies that I anticipate like that. I will definitely see that. Looking forward to it. Uh, that, and I want to see that Wonder Woman movie. Oh, do you? Yes. I love it. I don't. I mean, I'm not a big Marvel or DC comic guy, but I like those action movies. You know, I, I consider them action movies, but uh, I, I like those characters. Yeah, the whole Marvel collection is on uh, Disney Plus, and uh, yeah. I recently watched the original Iron Man. That's the only one in that series that I've seen, and uh, with Robert Downey Jr. of course, and and I enjoyed it. I thought I thought it was great. I didn't see Wonder Woman. Oh, I've seen it. It was. I liked it. I liked it a lot. But coming, I mean, I've seen all of them. Hey, coming uh, to America, though, uh, I, I'm with you. Um, I, I probably only saw it like five or six years ago, and it's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. And I don't care. They, they, with those guys in it, they cannot ruin the sequel. As far as I'm concerned, it no, cannot. They can't. It cannot be bad. All right, Johnny Distraction, let me get back to why I mentioned uh, Arsenio Hall. Do you remember? Uh, Yes, I do. Uh, (laughs) Because last time around, I said, you know, I brought up that why do you park on a driveway and drive on a parkway? That's an old sort of phrase and just makes you wonder, Hmm. twist, twist words like that. You know, like, why do you call a fat chance 
a fat chance and a slim chance. A slim chance. They mean the same thing, don't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess they do. Yeah, yeah, they do. I mean, why? Why do we need both of them? Why, why, do, you, why do you tell a person to, to sit down or to sit up? <laughs> You're still doing the same thing, right? Well, kind of. Here's another one for you. Here's another sit one up for you. straight is different. Uh, why is it that your nose runs and your feet smell? <laughs> right? I mean, your nose smells and your feet run. Isn't that true? I mean, that's the way it ought to be. It's very good. But the things that make you, you go, make you go, hmm. hmm. Are you uh, going to work this into your stand-up career when you start? <laughs> when I start, it's already started. <laughs> I hope this wasn't it. <laughs> no, but I was just searching for more of those things that make you ponder, and I found those on a website. Uh, there are plenty more, but I don't, I don't want to uh, bore you with my sudden burst of humor. <laughs> we do need things. But that's to... the kind of guy I am. And, and really, what I'm more intrigued by is getting to know the kind of person you are. And you came up with this long list of... Uh, of questions that that almost you know like in an interview fashion where we learn more about each other possibly yeah by our responses right yeah we did this one other time where we came up with a list of questions and interviewed each other and it's it's not about our history but what made no. you get into tv these are questions that i think that anybody uh, if they choose to play along at home <laughs> that can ponder <laughs> About themselves, like, hmm, how would I answer that? <laughs> yeah, but you came right out the bat swinging. Your first one, can I, can I, because I was intrigued by some of them, and I put a little check by the ones that intrigued me the most. But there, I mean, there may be others you want to ask as well, because it's your list. Well, as we but, get going here, uh, the, here are the ground rules that each question we will both answer. Yeah. And knowing you and knowing me, like, I'm a spontaneous guy. Now, I wrote the questions. I might have thought about an answer as I did it. But you yeah. have poured over them and thought of your clever little answers and done your, no. your preparation and your homework. I haven't looked at no. them since I wrote them down and sent them to you. Well, that's why the podcast will sound that way. <laughs> that's why it'll sound like, hey, that Steve guy carries the thing. What's the other guy doing on there? Jesus. There's th things that make you go, hmm. hmm. <laughs> now, wait, wait. All right. Now, like, for instance, can I just, can I, can I start the first question? But we both answer it. And I think we should both answer at the same time. The question is, would you rather be rich or famous now. Uh, when I count down from three, are right, you you know which of the two you'd rather be, right? I do. Right? Okay. I do. I want to see if we've chosen the same one because I think we may not have. But I want to count down from three, and when I get down to one, just blurt it out: either rich or famous, and I will blurt my answer out too. You ready? And you already know, just what, for this hey, week. but you know what I'm going to say, and I <laughs> no, know what I don't. you're going to say. I really say. have no idea. Okay. No, I have no idea, but you're ready? Yes. All right. Well, wait, wait. Three, two, one. Famous. Rich. Wow. Now, 
you're gonna think, oh, narcissist. He he loves. No. Here's here's my reason. Mm-hmm. Because I assume that if you're famous enough, that you either are rich or you could be. You could use your fame to get rich. I, very good. Very, very true, except not always. And that's what made me choose rich because, and by the way, is rich the same as being wealthy? If, if, if somebody said, hey, see that guy over there? He's rich. And see the guy standing on the other side? He's wealthy. Which one do you think has more money? Well, uh, you know, wealth is is probably the word that, that most people would choose. And, and, you know, there's perspective on that. I mean, you know, uh, a certain person is rich to somebody else that doesn't have as much. Um, but, the, my, you know, my definition of, of rich or wealthy has always been to yeah. where you don't have to do anything. You don't have to work. You don't have to do anything or worry about money. You can buy anything you want, go anywhere you want and not think about it. And money's not a concern. That's to me rich. Well, let me tell you why I didn't choose famous and famous, uh, isn't necessarily so. Because you think you're already famous. (laughs) (laughs) I'm neither rich nor famous, uh, only, uh, delusional, (laughs) but, I saw recently uh, an episode of Shark Tank. You know, I get I get all my knowledge from television. Yes, <laughs> you do. Because I, I'm like Chauncey the Gardener in that old movie where I like to watch. Uh, but anyway, you have no idea what I was talking about just then, do you? You remember that movie? Being There, it was called. Never saw it. Put that on your list, Being There, with Peter Sellers. You'll enjoy it. It's an old movie. But anyway... Do you know who famous famous Amos? One of the he was so famous it was part of his name. Famous Amos Cookies, sure. known all over the world. Sure, famous. He had to dilute his company so much uh, until he was kept selling it off to keep it going, keep it going. That he had to finally sell off not only the company but his brand as well. Famous Amos is not his anymore. They still sell Famous Amos cookies, but he doesn't get a dime of it. He was trying to start another cookie company called the Kahuna Cookie mm-hmm. or the Kahuna Man. I think he lives in Hawaii. So th- that's a, a case of where the fame was there, but, but it's gone totally. He can't even be Famous Amos anymore. The fame has come and gone. And I think about other celebrity types that... Well, you know, the fame, you may still know who they are, but it doesn't give you the power to do what you maybe could have done at one time. You know, I think of, you know, poor Joe Lewis, who was uh, ended up uh, just being a greeter at a casino, at the casinos, because Caesar's uh, Palace. He lost his wealth, lost his wealth. I mean, there are lots of cases of people. Who are uh, who've had names attached to them, but they've lost the well. I think the what the reason why I said I'd rather be rich is because now rich to me, I'm assuming the sky's the limit. I'm talking about fifty million dollars, yeah, a hundred million dollars. Right. Yeah, I think it would allow me to do more and to keep some of that money. I, I do things. 
that wouldn't make me famous, but would would really sort of help the world. Nobody's going to change the one person's not going to change the world, but I think you could do more. Could I have a do? You know over? what I'm saying? <laughs> no, <laughs> because no. Really, as I think about it, if I if I chose to be famous and I said, well, that would make me rich, uh, or that I'd have to use my fame to work at it. So it would be better just to be rich and not have to work at it. I think rich would allow you to to have the the wealth and be famous if you chose to. You'd be famous for being so wealthy, but. Uh, if you did some of the philanthropic things, you wouldn't necessarily want credit for it. No. Uh, right. So, right. so you don't have to have fame. But I, I, think, the, uh, I think the money would allow you to, to, to help others, uh, to have fun. I'd, like I'd, I'd want to own a team. I don't care what, what professional sport it would be. It'd be fun to be part owner of a basketball team yeah, or baseball sure or football would. team. I, I, it would give me choices. I'd like to set up foundations for folks who don't have job opportunities. I'd like to help educational institutions. I mean, you could do so much with all that wealth that would satisfy you spiritually and physically. Yeah. Well, on a, right? on a sure, and that yeah, they make you feel great. Uh, on a smaller yes. level, um, yeah. I've read about people that are really wealthy that have carried, you know, like huge wads of hundred dollar bills with them, and just see somebody on the street that they think is in need, or a or a or a waiter, and just give them a stack of them. Or um, I remember seeing stories about Elvis Presley, and I don't know if he did it all the time, but he saw a woman. Um, looking over and admiring his uh, Cadillac that was out in front of the recording studio or wherever, and he gave her the yeah. keys. Yeah, uh, sure. That would be cool to be able to do something like that. Yeah, it probably made him feel good, and, and he probably, you know, I mean, of course it made her feel good, and you, you could see your money doing something. Here I mean, you go, your that's actual, your car now, you, ma'am. Uh, yeah, he probably said it just like that. Drive it away. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go on That's to another good. question. Yeah. Um, very similar impersonations. Very good. Very, <laughs> now, that's part of my act. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we'll play together. Um, yes. This one uh, is, a, is a little different than the first one. But yeah. if you had to eat <laughs> one of the following alligator, rattlesnake, or frog legs... Which would it be, or have you eaten any of those three? I may have had frog legs. Isn't that like a delicacy that's pretty widely accepted, right? I mean, yeah. that's been on fancy menus. Yeah, I think it's a delicacy in, in French cooking, but that, I've had them, but that's not where I, I didn't have them with any <laughs> French chef. Well, I, I don't know. I may have done some fancy eating somewhere and had them. I don't recall, but I definitely wouldn't choose the other two. Which one would you choose? Well, I've had frog legs, and that's that's the well. I don't want to say the only one. If I was in New Orleans with you and a bunch of friends, and and somebody said, "Let's get a fried alligator appetizer," and they got it, no, I might taste it. No, I can tell you right off the bat that I would not eat uh, the alligator. I went on a trip to Disney World once, and uh, you know, in Central Florida. 
they got all these places that are like Alligator World. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, come pa- and, and one of the uh, I was there with uh, like my brother-in-law and his family and there was a friend of my brother-in-law's who was there it was a pack of us who met in Orlando for like the week to spend time there and the kids and all that and this guy uh, who was a friend of my brother-in-law's decided to go to alligator land or world or whatever it was yeah. and uh Everybody else said, nah, nah, we're going to pass on that. And we chose to do other things. He came back after having like alligator sandwiches or snacks or alligator chips and was sick as a dog that <laughs> night. I mean, just almost ruined his whole stay there. Uh, and uh, that clued me into not going off tasting any strange thing that i've never had before now there's something curious about snake i just saw something recently in the news where the florida wildlife commission is uh, talking to the uh, fda and, and, and authorities in florida to try to do something about pythons yes that are that are down in uh, the everglades i saw that destroy but they want to put python on the menu in restaurants in florida to help people round these snakes up and to, to kill them and turn them into food uh it might inspire people to to go out and capture more of them or to or to get rid of more of them but they don't know the mercury levels and the snake and there are other reasons why they don't know how safe it would be so you could one day go down to florida and get you some python too yeah We'll be down there. I'll say, Steve, I gotta take, let's go get some uh, McPython nuggets. I definitely would pass on that. I don't look after this COVID and, and people eating strange things in other parts of the world. And who knows what that did. Was not the origin of it, actually? Yeah. Wasn't it ingested, what, bats or something? Uh, yeah, it? it was bats. These, these what do they call them? Wet markets in, in China yeah. where they've got all this and and bats are notorious for first of all it doesn't sound that good <laughs> i'm gonna have a bat I'm sandwich not, look i'm not eating anything that <laughs> that's not on a leash <laughs> <laughs> i shouldn't i should i shouldn't say that because that implies i it, eat stuff it that, does. It, that that is on a leash but uh no i don't i don't eat strange food like that so i would opt out of that uh do you remember you would, the you could, see if you remember the term where this came from have you ever heard of uh, bat is chicken of the cave never chicken of the cave chicken of the cave no, never heard that it was now, it was uh the business that champ kind of in the in the anchorman sequel went into and he was selling, he had a restaurant, and he was selling, oh, no. selling bat, and he called it no. Chicken of the Cave. No. Did you see Anchorman no. 2? Uh, no, I don't think oh, I did. Watch. I may be seeing parts of it. I saw Anchorman. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And that's interesting. I wouldn't, I'm anxious to see Coming, Coming to America 2, but I didn't uh, give Anchorman 2 a chance. But I'm sure it was probably funny. Well, give it a whirl. All right. Uh, pick another question, then we'll take a break. Pick one at a random. A break? Any what are you talking about a break? We just started talking, and you're talking about a break. Well, we'll keep uh, talking afterwards. You'll be okay. You'll get your time in. 
<laughs> would you rather be? All right, you you had down here. Would you rather be hot or cold? Right. I did. Would you I, rather? Uh, I believe I did. Uh, and and you're asking me. Yeah. Um. Would you rather? I guess the question is: Would you rather be too hot or too cold? Yeah. That. Yeah. That. That was the intent. Um. That is so difficult that I think I'd rather be neither. I'd rather be too would. hot. Well, I I I chose actually. I'd rather. I, I would rather be uh, too hot as well. But uh, but people always say, well, I'd rather be too cold because you can always put layers on. But that's not. It doesn't work that way. Uh, because I've been too hot. I've been in Arizona in July, and it's been like 115 degrees outside. Now, uh, I recovered quicker from, I mean, all you had to do is dash in in the inside where the air condition is, and it's a pretty quick recovery. At least it was for me. I've also been too cold, and the recovery from that is much longer. I mean, it takes a long period of time to recover from being too cold. Well, in the, you know, in the old days, and I consider this the old days, like when I was growing up, and... That was back in olden times. Well, it was olden times enough to where um, I know that we didn't have central air conditioning. um, And where people back then, you know, my aunts and uncles and grandparents would just leave the windows open. And, uh, you know, put a house fan in the window just to get some air circulating. Um, it's tough to cool down when it's 95 degrees and humid. And and you're right there that you can, if you're indoors and it's cold, you can put more blankets and everything on. Um, but I was thinking, like, uh, neither one would be, be fun, but uh, in extreme situations where you were out somewhere, maybe stranded and couldn't get away from it. Well, let me just, just going from my experience, I may have told you this before, too. Uh, do we have to take a break? Because uh, I see that anxious, I see that worried look upon oh, I'm your not, face. I'm not, I'm not worried you, nor anxious. You've uh, got your troubles, I got mine. Eh, we're going to take a break here in about a minute. <laughs> I like this. He's such, he's such a felicitator. What is it? Facilitator. Facilitator. Yeah. I started to say felicitator. Uh, felicitator. Whatever that Same is. Same thing. The same thing. Okay. We're coming back. Oh, right? are we going to take one now? That's what you just said. I said you got about a minute, but we can, we can yeah, do it right now. I don't want now. you interrupting me. I know you love interrupting. <laughs> That's why you call, we call each other the interrupters. And more with the That's interrupters right. after this. We'll be right back. On this week's Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. Adam, big weekend. Yeah, Boxing Day, traditionally celebrated the day after Christmas. The biggest bumper day of games. Looking forward to sitting in front of the television and watching a bunch of English Premier League matches. Listen to Free Kicks on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. On this week's Minutia Men Celebrity Interview, we talked to a movie star and a TV star who has starred in General Hospital, Days of Our Lives, and The Thirst of Christ. We talked to Eric Fellows, a very good-looking man. Listen to Minutia Men Celebrity Interview on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts, just search for Radio Misfits. 
We are back. This is Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. We are interviewing each other and uh, giving some answers here that uh, may make you go, hmm. And Steve, <laughs> I, I interrupted him in the middle of a great story. So I just say continue. Great. Why you put that pressure on me? I didn't say great, but it's just a story. Uh, and I may have told you this before. And if I did, I'm telling you it again. Uh, the too cold part of it. I once, uh, I, I was a part of history that was made in the cold weather. I was in Washington, D.C. on the day of Reagan's second inaugural. Mm-hmm. I think to this, I think throughout history has been only the one inauguration where the ceremonies outside were canceled because of weather. And I was standing outside that day with the physician who canceled the events. In fact, Reagan had to take his oath indoors. Oh, he did? Nobody on, yeah, nobody on the street because it was like the wind chill was like 30 below and the temperature was some crazy temperature uh, might have been below zero so they canceled all the parades and spectators all of that huh so i'm standing outside with that doctor right and of course being on television i had to be outside in the elements talking about it like telling people not to do what i'm doing sure that's always fun when you're saying stay and stay inside yeah but you're outside yeah, you like know, the like, people covering hurricanes. Like, yeah, like uh, <laughs> an idiot. You're outside. Well, anyway, I'm standing with this guy, and uh, we're, we're waiting for the, sh- the live shot, and I'm starting to get warm, and, and, and it's like a bizarre warm feeling. And, and I said, you know, I feel like taking off a layer or so. And he said, oh, yes, I probably so. And then we were, and I said, well, that's odd. He said, well, not really. And then... My tongue started to get thick. <laughs> and I said, no, really, I'm talking to him. And his tongue was getting a little thick yeah. like that, too. And I said, why do we sound like this? And he just casually said, well, that's part of the reason why I canceled it, because it's a sign of hypothermia. <laughs> and I, and this was I'm a saying, physician. What? Yes, I'm saying, What? <laughs> And he said, yeah, they, 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 you can't be outside in this kind of weather for too long. And one of the things, uh, unfortunate things about being too cold is that in an odd way, some of the effects are feeling warm suddenly or too hot. That's why uh, you may see f- folks who are homeless sleeping on grates outside. And you wonder, How can they do that? I mean, because uh, you sort of give in to it in, in, in the hypothermia. Uh, sort of t- just takes your senses away mm-hmm. and then suddenly you get sleepy you know i was starting to feel sleepy too i mean all the and, and so the i've i've felt the effects of too cold much more than being too hot just in my own experience and it was really scary i mean i've been at a uh, football i went to a football playoff game to see the bears once in the january and my son was with me it had snowed earlier that day or the night before. We had, I don't know, seven, eight layers on, feeling great. But our feet wound up in puddles uh, where the snow had sort of 
melted a little bit, but uh, there were still sort of remnants of it, and, and it was freezing. And then I, uh, freezing and some of it melting, but our feet got cold. And once your feet get cold, you're done. Yeah, you I are. Mean, we... We got up and never saw, saw the end of the game because we left at halftime, could not stand the cold. Yeah. I mean, the cold will make you move or react. I guess the heat will too, but my experience has been the cold has been more dramatic. Than, well, I, I, I don't have any real memories of that. Uh, you know, I've been in Las Vegas when it's been 110. I mean, I'm sure you have too. Haven't you? I mean, well, you've been places where it's been extremely hot. I have, and uh, the the experience that sticks out in my mind is that the Chicago Bears. I was covering up for Channel Two. Uh, was they were playing a uh, preseason football game in Arizona against the Cardinals, and the high temperature in Phoenix. The actual high temperature that day was 113, and on the field. And it was a night game. That's why they went ahead and and allowed them to play it because they knew it was going to drop, you know, to you know like 105. But <laughs> yeah. it was going to be cool. Off. Yeah, it was a cool yeah. wave. Uh, yeah. But down on that astroturf, uh, we put a thermometer down there, and it, we were getting mm. readings like pushing 130 mm. or 40. So yeah. standing mm. down there, even you know, we weren't going to play football, but we had to you know stand down there on the sidelines and do. Uh, live reports before the game yeah. and a pregame show and uh you know it it obviously you've got to uh you know they it's a cliche but hydrate you know you tell people to drink water but you have to or, or you could be in yeah. trouble in a hurry yeah you get yes. lightheaded you can pass out yeah um yeah and i'm not downplaying the effects of heat i mean they're real and, and i understand that uh, i mean you're yeah your memory is more of the heat and how oppressive it was because of those circumstances. Yeah. I mean, that's the most uh, dramatic that, that, yeah. that I've ever felt, but you know, yeah. at the same time, you know, growing up in the Midwest, you know, we've all been outside or had to be outside when it was, you know, 15 degrees below zero and, and a windshield was, you know, 40 below and, uh, yeah. that ain't good either. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. should I pick a question? Yeah, go ahead. Am I go next? Ahead. Yeah. Okay. Um, hey, would you ride with the Blue Angels or Thunderbirds? Neither. No. Never. No. The greatest pilots in the world in those no. great jets that no. go to the air shows? No. I'm nervous enough as a flyer when everything uh, is should be normal. I don't need tricks in the air. Yeah. Turning it no. upside down and taking it no. up. And where no. they cut the power, no. they go straight up and then they cut the power and fall backwards. I'm not parachuting out of a plane either. Would you do that? Uh, no, I will not. I No, not a chance in the world. What's the would saying you about ride, that? Somebody said, somebody said, why in the world would I jump out of a perfectly good airplane? Would you ride with those Blue Angels? Uh no, I wouldn't. Uh, and I had the opportunity. When I worked in Cleveland, uh, there was an air show there when I was working for a TV station. And they they take members of the media up so they can shoot a story and do an interview with them and do 
you know, and show what show what they do and how it works. And um, I had a chance. I forget which one of the teams it was. I think it was the Thunderbirds, and um, I declined. I, I I'm not a great <laughs> flyer anyway, and I just yeah. you know I just I just couldn't do. It. I'm chicken. That's <laughs> no. let's get to it. Right, sp- speaking of chicken and being you know, now, you have one of these questions. Would you eat at a buffet? <laughs> now, now, would you eat at a buffet? No. Um, well, uh, there might be there might be one. The Wynn Buffet in Las Vegas is is pretty special. But overall, no, I don't plan on eating. I wasn't crazy about buffets before the pandemic. After the pandemic, no, I'm done with with buffets i don't want to <laughs> scoop my uh macaroni and cheese right after you did it uh i've seen too many funky things happen uh when they people use in the same ladle that other people are using you don't know where their yeah. hands have been so yeah. no uh, for those reasons i'm out there's a book called ball four by jim bouton yeah it was a famous baseball book and there's a passage in there where he said he stopped eating at the buffet in the locker room. And this was years ago. He stopped eating at the buffet when one day after a game uh, in the line going down to eat, Yogi Berra was butt naked with a, and he had a towel over his shoulder. And that's not the worst part. That's bad enough. But he said when he looked over and saw Yogi scratching his genitals over the coal cuts. <laughs> That's what he, he said. Turned him For off that reason, from, I'm out. He's out. Now, uh, and people do, you don't know where people's fingers, I've seen people licking their fingers after scooping out salad dressing. And, yeah. I mean, it just, so I'm not a big buffet person anyway now which leads to the other question you had is would you enjoy home cooked a home cooked meal at somebody else's house and not your own it depends on 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 who it is and if i'm going to somebody else's house to eat uh and accepted the invitation i know them pretty well so yeah, I, I'm okay with that. Um, I'm not, of course, you're not going to get invited at random to somebody's, hey, you want to come and eat dinner tonight? Well, you, um, but, but, so, but in certain work situations, uh, you will have to, you don't have to, but you'll be exposed to potluck dinners where people that you work with casually might bring something from home to eat at the big gathering. Yeah. Yeah, are, are you? Will you plunge right in there and eat uh, uh, Bob's wife's uh, sweet potatoes, or uh, Mel that you know casually from saying hi to him? Uh, his chili, his his chili. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have. Uh, in the future, I probably won't. First of all, I'm not in a, like a work uh, situation yeah. environment where we where we have potlucks, but. Um, you know, I would just picture at this point uh, Bob making that chili or that barbecue <laughs> buck naked well, with a towel over his shoulder, <laughs> scratching his nuts. To, 
Well, you have to be. Like you, have, you have to. You have to be a thinking man. I mean, why do you think they call it potluck? I mean, you're lucky if you don't get sick. Yeah. From, from what's in that pot? <laughs> yes. Well, let me ask you. Would you? Uh, well, you answer it. Would you? Well, uh, forget about the potluck. No, well, yeah, but go I, to look, somebody I'm, else's house for dinner. I'm not, I'm, I uh, yeah. If I knew the, if I knew him very very well. And more than likely, it'd be a relative. But, but I'm much more of um, a, a person who wouldn't do that. I think probably more than you. You would probably be more willing to do that than than I would. I would imagine. Yeah, I I would be. Yeah. Uh, and you yeah. know, you know, I'm not I'm not going to go through their kitchen to make sure. But you know, people a lot of people are are uh, you know innocently. Um, make mistakes as far as their 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 hygiene in the kitchen goes. I'm not saying the kitchen's not clean, but as you know, you can't you can't lay raw chicken down and then move it and then put something else on top of it and contaminate it. That kind of stuff worries me. You can get food poisoning real easily. Uh, now, uh, you got one of these questions that I thought was interesting about uh, a, a, a power, a superpower. Would you rather be invisible? fly or have x-ray vision which of those three i think they'd all be pretty good i think i'd rather be able to fly fly uh, robin fly uh, that's the correct answer i chose fly too i think i think there probably would be a wonderful feeling of being able to fly like yeah. a bird fly like an eagle yeah, yeah, because you they could, write songs about uh, wondering how you know, wondering if you could fly. I mean, I think that the flying notion would be one that would be more thrilling. Although it would be cool to be, uh, I think it would be cool to have the X-ray vision. Although you'd probably see a lot of stuff you wouldn't want to see. Yeah, you would, and then but <laughs> well, the next one, I mean, number two on my list would be to be invisible. Now that that would really be good. Because you could come and go and <laughs> not worry about a thing. You could do some stuff. I don't mean well, bad. Well, Your mind went right there like you, all the things because, you could do. Because I know you. <laughs> <laughs> but to fly, and, and that, to have cut down on those commutes. Uh, and if you really want to get heady about it and serious about it, uh, more people do feel invisible already. Yeah. Getting back to that fame, you know, that fame uh, it gives you a visibility that that um, a person without fame doesn't have. Well, it, it does. That's but a very different kind of invisible, but that's, I just threw that out there. I've always contended, not to go back to that one, but I, I've always contended that if you're, if you're famous, yeah. um, you can find ways to blend in just fine and and you could you don't have to be visible everywhere you go uh it could be somebody like george clooney and there are ways that he can go places to get things done and and people not putting themselves himself in a position to be recognized everywhere but it's got to be a pain in the ass to be uh known everywhere it, i mean it, it sure. i mean i've i've gone away on trips and uh you know, they used to have that that old expression, what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, I think the reason why they stopped that as a slogan was because uh, eventually everybody's got a camera on their phone. Yeah. And that's, that's completely untrue now. Yeah. I mean, whatever you do will be everybody else's business. It, yeah, it does no longer stays in Vegas. <laughs> exactly. But getting um, back to the uh, to the original question, uh, when you yeah. leave the uh, the potluck over at the neighbor's house and it's time yeah. to go home, yeah, you'd be able to say, you know what, I got to fly. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, that would be especially cool. If, especially if you saw a fly in some of the food you eaten. <laughs> um, go ahead, go ahead. Throw another question out here. Throw another one. I like this one. Yeah. Who would you rather interview, the Pope, the President, or the Queen? Uh, I think whatever president there was, I'd I'd want to interview the president. Just because. In my everyday life, uh, cruising around in this country, I'd have more questions about life right here from the president. Yeah, this this one was uh, very close for me because the chance to interview the president of the United States, the sitting president yeah. of the United States, and the yeah. and the and the power of that office. Um, now you've met. Um, I met one president, uh, and we both knew Barack Obama before he became president and know him. But um, I only met one president that was president at the time, and it was at random at a, a, a Cubs game. The Cubs were having an opener, their uh, season opener down in Cincinnati. George W. Bush was there, and I happened to run into him in the hallway uh, up by the, the little uh, cafeteria the lunchroom and there was a guy standing next to me and uh, a secret service guy walked by and then he walked by he had on a red cincinnati reds jacket because he had thrown out the first pitch and the guy next to me yelled four more years and bush turned around he came walking over toward us and he stuck his hand out and he said how you doing nice to see y'all my name's george w bush as if we didn't know and that was kind of cool yeah, because he was a big sports fan anyway. Yeah, big right? and big yeah. baseball fan. And he talked, he talked for a few minutes. We talked about baseball. He said, "Yeah." He said, "I remember." Uh, there's nothing like opening day, is there? He said, "Just a sense of, um, you know, that summer's here and uh, the excitement of a season." And um, so he was. He was pretty cool. He was very cool. Very down to earth. Well, I uh, you know I met uh, Clinton when he was in office. Uh-huh. Because, because uh, weather folks from across the nation were invited to the White House because Gore was introducing his thoughts on global warming. Uh-huh. Which, you know, from that point on, he became, I mean, that's what he's most famous for. Right. I would imagine now. Right. But anyway, I was so impressed. And we know, ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States. And then everybody has to stand and dun-dun-dun, they're playing the music and he walks in. And both Clinton and Gore spoke individually for about 45 minutes as if they had just thought of all of that at that moment. I was just impressed with how off the top of his head it seemed like uh, Clinton could have kept talking until the sun went down and the next day arrived. Well, so those, those guys have to be 
Uh, no, most of them are <laughs> are so uh, in tune to what they're interacting with people and talking and speaking intelligently about whatever the topic is. I was just very impressed. I met Jimmy Carter, too. He wasn't president, but stood beside him as he was about to be interviewed, and he just seemed like a real kind man. Yeah. I mean, he seemed very, very ordinary in terms of, um, you know, he just seemed like a an ordinary guy. It wasn't anything that felt very presidential about him. Although, you know, you, you know what I mean? I mean, he had Secret Service and all of that, but yeah. it just seemed like he was just a guy well he's um, been one of the most productive uh ex-presidents uh humanitarian the yeah the houses for humanity is that what it's called where they they built the uh, homes for the for the needy and yeah i can remember him up there with a you know a hammer and a nail working on him and uh he's yeah. done a lot in his life as as ex-president when you met clinton what room were you in when they do you remember in the white house when they came in you know, I really don't. You would think that I would. It was just I was just uh, sort of uh, struck by the whole. Uh, I can tell you one thing that happened. I'm I'm standing in in that room where we were all gathered, and I suddenly had to go use the restroom, and uh, and I'm talking. There were about four or five of us from Chicago over there, like a little Chicago group, and you know, and all the cities were represented. And I said, I gotta I gotta get away, and uh, I'm walking down the hall. And I'm starting to walk, and I and I don't know where the room is, and so I'm just like a loose guy walking around the White House, <laughs> and I'm walking down a hall, and I peek into one room, and her guys rolled up, the sleeves rolled up like they're looking at some strategic plan, and they had a map laid out, and I'm like, yeah. wow, look at that. Yeah. And I walk down another hall, and, and there's another couple of guys, they give me a strange look, you know, what are you doing down here? And uh, I continue to walk, still just wandering. And somebody jumped out of the room and said, can I help you, Mr. Baskerville? Huh. And I went, whoa. Did you have a name tag on? I said, how did you know my name? And he said, it's on your name tag. <laughs> Being the interrupter I am, I interrupted your punchline. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, but that's true. It went down just like that. That'll I teach was you to pause before a punchline <laughs> when you're on with me. Well, we would hope that you would learn not to interrupt <laughs> at some point. I at some point in life, I can't get past that. Um, who would you Who would you want to interview most on this podcast? Uh, well, that's uh, one of let, your questions. Let me give Let me give my answer to that one. Um, yeah. While I would like to interview uh, a sitting president, my answer would be. Uh, Queen Elizabeth II, mm. because mm. to me, she became queen at such a young age. She was 21, I believe. And she has seen, I think it'd be so interesting to hear her perspective on all the mm. things that she has had, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, input on uh, from from World War II with Churchill with interacting with all these world leaders and people think of the queen of england as as just a figurehead but i mean she she meets weekly with the prime minister so she's uh just just her history she's seen so much in her life um and has been in a position of power for so long that i just think it would give give me a unique glimpse of history 
What do you think the first question would be you'd ask her? Coming out the gate. You sit down, you're introduced, uh, you both have a cup of tea, and everything is, is quiet and uh, ready when you are, Mr. Sudbury. Let it rip. What's the first thing you think you'd ask the lady? Your Majesty, could I get a little shot of whiskey to go with this tea? <laughs> and uh, you know what's funniest about that? Just just starting off with Your Majesty. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't. That's I don't know one. what order. I don't know if there would be ground. I would think that there would be some ground rules. Yeah. On, you know, yeah. maybe they give say they you you get ten questions and they go I, over that's them. A, um, that's one, a good answer though, because well, you are right about the, the things she's seen uh, that were world events yes. through her lifetime. Yeah, uh, right up through a pandemic. Now, I mean, she was born uh, after the the Spanish flu of twenty eight or nineteen eighteen, but uh, you know, yeah. she as a young child lived through the Great Depression and and on and on. But I think one question that I would want to ask her would be, do you find it uh, ironic? Do you find it wrong? Do you find it kind of uh, mind-blowing that you are in a position strictly because you were born She had nothing to do with the family in which she was born. Mm -hmm. She was just born. She's just a baby, like everybody else, whose whose dad happened to be king, and she happened to be in line for the throne. So I think it would be interesting to hear her hear her perspective on that. That you were born. And now, that, now, she's done a lot with it. I've got great admiration uh, for her. Uh, and you've been wandering around over there from time to time, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I've been to England quite a few times. Uh, yeah. I haven't been wandering around in Buckingham Palace. <laughs> but I did, I did well. take a... Uh, <laughs> I did get inside the inner walls as part of uh, with the gentleman that was hosting us over there, got us back in the area um, where they keep the uh, there's an area where the all the carriages are kept, where you see like a, a big opulent carriage that uh, she rides in uh, or and where a lot of the horses are, are kept in the stables back there. I think it's called the Muse, M-E-W-S. But, uh, yeah, I've seen, uh, I've uh, been around Buckingham Palace and all that. So, anyway, I'd, I'd like to interview the queen. This queen. Now, if, if she, you know, advocated and passed it on to, um, you know, her son, Prince Charles, uh, or uh, when she uh, passes away and he becomes king, uh, I wouldn't have the interest. It's, it's, it's her because of her history. And then you followed up by going and interviewing surviving members of Queen. All right, what's your next question? Uh, it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, I said. I said. Um, who would you like to? Who would you like on this podcast 
who's your the one you want to get after the queen uh no my uh mine is uh you'll know what one i'm gonna say yeah yeah uh it is the former president barack yes. obama uh would yes. be the the ultimate interview to get on this program because he's got it all he was a two-term president he was the first african-american president he's funny he's cool he's smart he's a terrific interview and uh he would be a challenge to interview because <laughs> you know what his wit is like <laughs> Yeah, and I think he'd be fun. It would be fun, and and you'd probably want to ask him dopey questions like these. Yeah, which yeah. would be fun. It would be fun to, to hear responses. And and now, you know, us knowing a little bit of what he's like, I think he'd be yeah. he'd be game to play, you know, to play along with some of this. Yeah. Now, if it wasn't him, who would be the alternate? That's a tougher question. Who would you want aside from? We both agree that he would be number one. We can't get him right now, but we got this person. Wow. Well, is he your top one? Yeah. Did you yeah, say? it would be mine, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I, as you answer that question, who who would be number 1A, uh, why don't you answer it and let me think about it for a second. Okay. So I'll put you on the spot because you already know your answer. <laughs> yeah, because I've thought about it. I've thought about this stuff. I didn't just come up with the list and throw it down uh, in, in the email. I told you that was the way and, it was going to work. And go off and then go off and uh, tweet and uh, post a picture on Instagram. Look, yeah. Howard just posted some flowers. Yeah, you get um, your notifications. Howard has posted on Instagram yeah, yeah, some stupid picture. Mess. Yeah. Boredom. Uh, it's called boredom. Yeah. I told yeah. you that. <laughs> yeah. I'd want to interview Stevie Wonder. You know why? Because I don't think I've ever seen any long-form interview from Stevie Wonder. And Stevie Wonder was born the day after I was. Same year born the next day and i would think that just growing up during those times i would be curious about his point of view about life in america growing up uh, at the same time i was growing up what was he into what was he listening to i know he was a wonderful talent but i just don't know his story i mean i know some of it. I know the whole Motown, and he was discovered by Motown, and he sang, and he was a prodigy, and the rest is history. But I'd like to know some of that history. Well, that's the, yeah, and, and how he was able to create the music that he created without sight. Yeah, where's you know, it blind. come from? I mean, it's right. Uh, and, and I agree with you. I don't think that I've ever seen an interview with him, never, ever. Never, no. I've seen clips, maybe, you know, uh, at, at the moment of an award show or something like that, but I just haven't seen any long form interview of one of the, you know, great talents of the world. Yeah. Well, there are so many people that, that come to mind, but as you said that, um, I think the, the second in line that I would want to interview is just because of a personal, um, you know, fanaticism or, uh, of the Beatles would be Paul McCartney. Um, yeah. 
I would yes. want to talk to Paul McCartney because uh, yeah. he had they had such an impact on my life when I was growing up and just the the things that that, that they went through with that fame that sudden fame yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, was incredible and then I'd like to talk you know to any artist but somebody like him that's a genius about making music and, and how they how he worked with Lennon and and the other members of the group to come up with the lyrics and fantastic choice i agree yeah so i'll work on him and you work on obama yeah, uh, getting steep in uh, and steve and steve i got a i got a quick question for you that will let me know exactly the kind of person you are you okay. ready okay you ready as if you didn't if, know but if you were buried in manure up to your neck and somebody two feet away was winding up and throwing a basketball at your head would you duck <laughs> oh uh well i've been in that position so <laughs> that's a fairly easy answer um, would you duck yeah you, you would sure i would because well, a basketball going off your well, noggin hurts i was hoping you'd i was hoping you'd say you would not duck because you'd be a a guy that would let me know you don't take no crap. <laughs> you see, let me down with that one. You let see, me down. See, anyway. you could once you yeah. ducked and you came up, you could recover. You yeah, could recover. So. You could shake your yeah. head, but but a, yeah. a rock hard basketball off your noggin is going to yeah. leave a mark. That's not the first time you had to dig your way out of some mess, right? Yeah. No, yeah, every yeah. time we do this. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm intrigued by, go ahead, you wanted to throw the next one out there? No, go ahead, you said you were intrigued by something. I'm in, um, by, what's the one thing, or something, it doesn't have to be the one thing, but what's something that people don't know about you that is part of your story? Or, or, or something you're into? Or people don't know that I happen to do this or know that or what what's something that might surprise folks now don't uh, cock back and look up at the ceiling you're the one who came up with these questions I did and as I came up with them uh, I should yeah. have thought about what answer that I may give <laughs> but I wanted to come up with it off the top of my head <laughs> I Go think ahead. that what may this wouldn't be this isn't something that you don't know, but yeah, I people think that listening don't other know. people may be surprised by the fact that uh, I am um, I'm fairly shy. I'm not real comfortable in in uh, social situations around people that that I don't know well. Although I can act and play the game. And talk, but I'm not really comfortable in in the small talk arena. I'm not really good at it. Not interested in it. And for somebody that's been on television or radio, and and and, and you know, we do a podcast here. I'm not not really comfortable, uh, you, you know, in public. Would you be the person who would throw a party? No, no, I don't like parties in general. And right. uh, so I definitely wouldn't want to put be in a position to throw one and put myself in that position, especially to be the host. Would you feel comfortable at a party? No, I'm not comfortable at parties. 
Um, now, a lot of times, like my wife will look forward to it because, you know, we don't have, don't live the most exciting existence in the world. But if if some neighbors that we know well are just having a few people over, I usually dread going and while she's looking forward to it. But when I get there, I end up having a decent time. Yeah, I don't I wouldn't want to throw a party, but I probably am much more comfortable at a party than you would be. The way you're describing yourself. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm like I said, I can I can I can yeah. play the game and I can talk, but yeah. uh, you know, yeah. it depends on the people that are there, but um I'm not great at small talk and I'm not interested in small talk because I'm not unless they've got a real interesting story to tell or the conversation goes in the right direction i'm not that curious about what they have to say could you be the first person on the dance floor come on everybody no. the music's about to start come on out no you could not no. do that i i don't uh i don't usually want to be the last person on the dance floor i i am not uh by any means a great dancer and don't want to dance I don't. So I don't you don't. Like so it. you don't. You don't dance like nobody's watching. You no, know, that's a philosophy. Yes, no. it is. It is. No, I'm not. I'm not. And th that gets back to actually yeah. um, being being kind of shy or reserved or or caring too much about what people you know uh, uh, think yeah. of you. Is that uh, I? You know, some people can get out and dance, and they could care less about right. what anybody else around them is judging how they're dancing and that's all i'd be thinking about is it look how bad i'm dancing and everybody's looking at me <laughs> but that that all right that's the key right there you think everybody's looking at well you. <laughs> <laughs> well only because i'm dancing so poorly that's that's why um, not because i'm such an attraction that everybody has to can't take their eyes off me i'm like that too i mean i i could dance but i'd have to have at least five or six other couples out there i could be talked into dancing i thought you were gonna say you had to have five or six drinks no then uh, instead of other couples. then it's like come on out everybody and fall on the dance floor that's what that would lead to all right, we're going to do one more question. We'll both answer it. You and me or anybody can only have one of the following. You can either have Netflix, HBO, or YouTube. For me, easy, YouTube, easily. You're a YouTube man, aren't you? Love it. I mean, look, I have, uh, during this pandemic, for me, I have gone to France, I've gone to England, I've gone to, I mean, I'm talking about since the pandemic, I've, I've taken a peek at life in Thailand, I've looked at uh, uh, interviews with people uh, in uh, various TV shows and clips of this and podcasts of that that are on YouTube channels. I, I've explored more. And when I say I've been to these places, I just love to see the travel logs that might be on. It makes me feel like uh, uh, I'm, I'm there, but I'm not there, of course. Uh, and YouTube, for me, has offered a diversion that I can't get 
uh, and then you know my attention span uh, is not that. I mean, it's it's short right now, so I could look at fifteen minutes of that, twenty minutes of that. Netflix is more of an investment, and HBO. Yeah. Well, I'd see more. I'd I'd see more interesting films and long form things, but I like the the way that YouTube offers. Well, you've told me about like on YouTube uh, walking tours of uh, you Love know it. London or Paris, yeah. and it, I mean, and it's just a guy who's got his uh, point of view from his camera, and he will walk for an hour through the streets of London. Yeah, so you feel like you're there. He's taking you there. I love stuff like that, yeah. And it makes me fantasize about things that I want to do once all this is over. Um, My choice, and and I should explore YouTube more, actually, and I haven't haven't as much as, as, as you have. I mean, once in a while, I'll... I'll go on there and, you know, one video leads to another. I'll watch it for a while. But um, for me, it would be it would be Netflix Um, there. I mean, there is so much content on there. Their original programming is of such quality. They put so much money into developing content that uh, it would it would have to be Netflix. Although you mentioned something that that really hit home for me is is your your focus or or lack of it i am really in that mode right now to where i have trouble um like i enjoyed schitt's creek uh each episode was 21 minutes we can curse on this thing now i knew (laughs) we can now we just did yeah yeah um do you know how you spell schitt's creek yeah yeah yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> That's yeah. why I asked you that. Yeah. Um, anyway, 21-minute um, yeah. episodes, and that, that, that yeah. was uh, of comfort to me that I only had to concentrate for 21 minutes. Um, you know, when, I, when there's a movie that I haven't seen that I should watch, and I look and see that it's three hours and 10 minutes, I'm like, oh. I, I did watch The Irishman all the way through but i find myself <laughs> that i have to watch a longer movie in yeah in 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 two parts you know yeah. i pause it halfway through and watch it the next night because i i don't know what it is is it the pandemic yeah of course i think that's affecting my my yes. focus yeah too long a period of time doing things you don't want to do somehow translates into not being focused on things for any length of time in an odd way. Now, I'm going to tell, I'm, I'm waiting for you to tell me, want me to tell you, I, I know something about me that you don't know. And we've talked about all sorts of things on uh, the podcast and away from it on the phone. And I want to tell you something that I've done and I bet you, that I know you've, you don't know that I've done. You ready? Yep. You ready? I'm ready. Did you know that I once ran in a relay at Franklin Field in Philadelphia in front of, I don't know, a couple thousand people? No. Franklin Field was a part of University of Pennsylvania, and it yeah. was a site of uh, track meets. And a lot of the tr- folks in the track uh, events, uh, field and track, would go on to participate in Olympic trials. Now, I can't celebrate this or brag about it because it's not what you think. But I did do it. I, I think it was the, the event was a mile relay. And uh, where I worked at the TV station, 
we had a challenge to do a corporate race. And, and we were going to run against, you know, like Merrill Lynch or Aetna, uh, you know, the, some of the uh, big accounting and insurance companies. And we selected a team of four because they would have their four. And we're thinking, we can run faster than some accountants or some insurance <laughs> dudes, right? Okay. So uh, I got on the team that said yes. And I mean, we didn't even practice. I mean, it was like, we're going to be running against some heavy set insurance agent. We get there. And I didn't know that a lot of these big companies have ringers that they hire just for stuff like this. Oh, yeah, really? Oh, oh I didn't know that yeah. either. We get out there, and these dudes are just like <laughs> ex-amateur ex athletes, uh, guys who had tried for the Olympics, and, and they work at, you know, Merrill Lynch, and they've been uh, athletes for all their lives. And we get out there and just race things, and we came in dead-ass last. Did you? It just embarrassingly so. Where you know when you're so far behind the others that the the crowd is cheering, they're just cheering because you finished. Are, I'm are still you finished? here. You just I'm got up here. and walked away. I, no, I'm here. You just can't yeah. see me, and I'm yeah. listening. Uh, Franklin anyway. Field is uh, it's kind of a famous field, isn't it? Sure. Yeah, the Eagles used to play there as well. I mean, Did all they? Their, you know, professional games and University of Pennsylvania for years and years. So uh, the relay, uh, so you had, it was like a four-man relay like you see in the Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I can't, and, I, and I had one of the legs of the relay, and it was one of the most embarrassing things I've ever done, ever, ever. Because there was, the, the, the fat, dull people turned out to be us. <laughs> you know, that reminds me of a story when I was in junior high. I was on the basketball team, and the uh, I, I think the circumstance was that um, we, the track team, was light uh, uh, participants for whatever reason. So the basketball coach gave us a chance to he said, hey, you can have the day off school and go to the track meet. And I got to run the 440. So 440, I think it was yards at the time, not that meters. Just, that just sounds cool, saying I ran the 440. Yeah, well, and that was one time around the track. Well, now, I mean, a 440 in, in current standards isn't a, isn't a long run. It's a sprint. So anyway, I was lining up, and there was a kid from another school that looked a little bit like you described. Some of these guys, kind of uh, out of shape, uh, yeah. heavy set, whatever. I'm playing basketball yeah. and everything. So I take off running toward the first turn, and I'm in the pack doing well. Get down on the other side of the track doing well. I'm in the pack. I get onto the far turn, and I start realizing that I'm running, and I'm getting tired, and I'm slowing down, I'm slowing down, I'm slowing down. And I hit the turn toward the straightaway toward the wire, and everybody had passed me, and I looked back, and this kid, the one that I thought I could beat, is 
gain it on me fast on the outside yeah. it was yeah. like in slow motion it was yeah. like chariots of fire here he came step except you were except you were probably really running at that speed <laughs> yes yes i was yeah. step yeah. by yeah. step and yeah. he beat me right at the wire yeah and i yeah. ran dead ass last and my basketball coach never laughed so hard in his life yeah he said, yeah. I saw you turn. He said, you're coming down the stretch. He said, your hair is straight up in the air. He said, you were white as a ghost. Looked yeah. like you were going to pass out. And that kid beat me. And all these years later, that is so fresh in my mind. that Because in basketball, I was in pretty good shape. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, you don't have to run very far for very long. So I was quick, but well, I wasn't any long distance runner by any means. You should feel better because that guy now is probably some real fat, uh, short, bald dude uh, with a gut. No, nah, he's probably a track star somewhere. That's what he is. I'm the, I'm the fat, bald guy with the gut. <laughs> That's what and I am. That, and on that, we've got to go. On that note, we're going to bring things to a close. Before we go, though, I want to mention, Steve, that if you like Back to You, check out some of the other programs on the Radio Misfits podcast network, like Minutia Men's Celebrity Interview, Rick Kemp for a David Stern they get into details of well-known celebrities or celebrities that aren't that well-known. They would also probably welcome uh, an interview with Queen Elizabeth II or Barack Obama or Stevie Wonder. But recently they had on somebody that you remember. He worked in Chicago for a while. Do you remember uh, a guy that was a child star on a well-known television series and he worked in radio in Chicago for a while? Could you come Never up with that name? Tell. No. Who was it? Danny Bonaducci. Oh, yes. You remember he worked uh, uh, at sure. The Loop, I believe. Anyway, uh, the the Minutia Men on Celebrity Interview, I uh, j- uh, just had uh, Danny mm. Bonaducci on recently. So uh, anyway, check him out. Minutia Men Celebrity Interview with... Rick Kempfer and David Stern. And the show is available on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts to search for Radio Misfits. Partridge Family. Partridge Family, yep. Yeah, sure, among other things. Sure. Well, I hope people enjoyed our musings and ponderings and uh, reflections today because I certainly didn't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well thanks for sticking around for the entire hour more, plus a little more humor, or something. A little more humor. Uh, yeah. special thanks to our executive producer Tony Lasano with opishows.com opi is hippo spelled backwards o-p-p-i-h shows.com and back to you is distributed by Ed Silha with Radio Misfits great talk radio isn't dead it just moved to a better place radiomisfits.com uh, whether you had fun or not Steve I did. I, I loved every moment of it. And uh, right. next go round, next go round, I will uh, recite by heart the Greek alphabet for you. Oh, I look forward frontwards okay. and backwards. <laughs> yes. I, I look forward to that. I, 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 you look forward to that? Okay. Yes. All, All right. right. That's back to you. Sure. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to anybody that did. And uh, thanks for you listening, Steve. Stay well. Uh, stay safe. And enjoy the uh, remainder of this holiday season, depending on when you... Somebody right now is saying, what's he talking about? It's April 7th. 
<laughs> yes. A twenty twenty two. Yes. Yeah. And stay Boy, focused. These do, these do live forever, don't they? They do. They're in the yeah. air forever. Stay focused, we, Steve. We ought to be more thoughtful about these. Yes, uh, I am. I am. I, I really am. Now i got to get back to YouTube. I'll talk to you uh, on the next episode. All right. See ya. This OFI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive, it's the intriguing story of the only V12 Corvette ever made, plus some cars you may have forgotten about. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. A real-life Big Lebowski. Change my diaper, please. Tips for young dads. Mayor chooses a colonoscopy over a council meeting. Rick's brush with an Elvis impersonator. And t'was the night before parents' Christmas. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. Listen to Minutia Men on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. Is this over? Yes.